Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Domesticated Dude podcast. I'm Logan, your host on this journey. In this episode, I talk with my friend Spencer. Spencer and I have been best friends since middle school. We've been through a lot together. We've grown up together. Spencer owns his own car customization business in our hometown, and it's been growing like crazy over the last two to three years. Spencer's a great husband. He's a great father to his two kids. You'll hear Spencer's master plan of how he's going to retire on a yacht. We talk about the power of angry naps and how to have open and honest communication about finances with your partner. Those can be the hardest conversations that we have in our relationships, but they're also the most important. If you like what you hear, share it with a friend, leave us a review on Apple, follow us on Spotify, you know the drill. Without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend Spencer. Hope you enjoy. man it's good to fucking see you uh you know i'm doing really good i got the jet ski dock today and i got uh you know brianna and jj and ava and brianna's dad are out in the yard and they're like digging a stump out and cutting with a chainsaw and the dogs are eating stuff they shouldn't be eating and no it's good awesome awesome glad to hear it yeah glad to hear it i i could complain but it wouldn't be you know nobody'd care right right that's kind of the sentiment for a lot of people right now is it's not worth complaining not worth complaining about. well and i mean for me i look around at my life and like i i feel like a real bitch complaining because i had things i could complain about in my younger years that were like real problems like life problems and now everything's so fucking trivial like tonight i wanted to go out to dinner and have like a nice steak made and brianna's just not ready to go she's like i'm not ready to be out in public it's not my thing and i was like I was frustrated this morning because I, I really want to go to Settlers Bay. I want to have like the best steak, the mashed potatoes, like garlic mash. I, you know, I want to like live it up. Right. She's not ready to do it yet. So I was frustrated about it. And like, that's my problem today. Right. So, <laughs> you know, you kind of reflect on that and it's, you decide to stop. Just don't, don't be a bitch about it and, and enjoy life and, be able to you know enjoy going and spending money on a jet ski dock for a jet ski i don't even, i haven't even bought yet actually and um you know in in my truck that's like brand new and i'm annoyed because i have to drive my brand new truck instead of my car that's really fast so like i, I have things that annoy me and and it's not to say that like life is easy right because it's not absolutely you know I, I i work really hard when i need to and um, I deal with a bunch of personalities at work and so it's not necessarily that my life is super easy, but like one, the things I have to complain about are like, yeah, shut the fuck up, Spencer. <laughs> I think, I think this whole, like, not just, uh, this situation, but like, as we get older, we find that the things that we used to complain about and the things that used to bother us a lot just don't fucking matter. <clears throat> like you were saying, you know, you were kind of disappointed that you couldn't go out to eat tonight. Like, it's, it's gotta be, life's gotta be pretty good if that's the thing that you're complaining about. And like for me, um, I, I complain about things all the time. Like I'm a very impatient person, but when I take a step back and like really think about what I'm getting upset about, I feel like an asshole because those things just don't matter. Like it does not matter. 
what matters is we're able to do this. We're able to talk, spend time together. I'm drinking whiskey. I don't know what you're drinking. Probably a rum and Coke. Captain's. Captain and Coke. Like being yep. able to do this stuff, man, that's, that's the important thing. Like, yeah, people can get in their own way a lot and I'm trying to not do that as much as possible. Yeah. So, having like a, uh, an outside look at your situation is helpful. Like I was, uh, you know, legitimately frustrated this morning. I, I took a nap, you know, it's like 10 AM and I was tired. You know, I woke up at six 30, it's Saturday. And, uh, I was like, man, I'm tired. And you know what? You made me like uh, frustrated, you know, not angry. I wasn't, I wasn't like mad. I was like, I want to do this, you know, kind of like a, you know, I got kids. And so it's like a, a toddler tantrum is how I felt, you right. know, outwardly, I wasn't really doing anything, but it was like internally I'm, I'm, I'm my little child inside is, is just not happy. And I went and took a nap and I woke up and I'm texting her and, you know, she's like, you know, I, I just, I, I'm not ready to go do that yet. Are you mad at me? And I'm like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm mad, but don't tell anybody I'm mad because I know it's stupid. <laughs> but you can have those honest conversations with her, right? Like that's, that's oh yeah, the important thing. Like in that, in your partnership, you are able to voice your concerns and she's able to voice her concerns. Like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not ready oh, for to sure. go. Hey, that's okay. Like, that's fine. Yep. I just wasn't, I'm ready to go. So when you told me yep. that you weren't ready to go, like, yeah, that was frustrating, but now I'm over it and whatever. Like that's, that's just yeah, the way she, that it needs to go. She's my person. So I can tell her anything. Right. Yeah. But on the flip side of that too, we have to like, I want to go to breakfast tomorrow. Like my bre I want to go to my breakfast spot. I want to sit down. I want to have somebody bring me a Mountain Dew and a pitcher because that's how they bring it to me because she knows me. You know, I want to have a chicken fried steak with like three pounds of gravy on top. And, and I want to eat that. And I want to do it in my restaurant with like the, the disco ball and the trashy Christmas lights. And I, like, that's what I want to do tomorrow. And if she doesn't want to go, you know, I have to, and, and I haven't had this conversation with her yet. And I plan to have it later if I don't get too drunk, but, um, you know, I have to kind of have this conversation that it's okay that you don't want to go, but also I'm going to go and do this. And I might need a ride because they got a full bar in the back. <laughs> so, and, and I'm going to bring the kids if they want to go, you know, like just because she's not ready doesn't mean it's not safe. And especially here, right? Yeah. There's like a hundred active cases right now. And, and I don't want to get in the way of like what she's comfortable with. Right. I don't want to push her limits too much, even if I think it's fucking ridiculous, but I don't want her to stop me from doing what I'm comfortable with and going and doing things that, that make me happy. And I think there's always, and, there's always a balance there, even without this pandemic stuff going on, right? Like you still do your breakfast stuff. <clears throat> maybe she goes sometimes, maybe she doesn't go, but you still have those times where it's Spencer time. And you know, you guys have that understanding. Like I, I have that too with Sarah. Like sometimes I'll go out and play cards or I'll sit in my basement and play cards now since we can't, get in mm -hmm. in people's houses whatever but um just being able to have that like give and take you know sometimes she wants to go do stuff with her sister or her parents or whatever you know go off and do her own thing that's okay like you have to be able to exist by yourself and be able to do things that you still want to do without feeling guilty or you know any of that stuff that goes along with it so me and Brianna have been together forever. We were like 19 when we got together and I'm 33 now. 
And, you know, as a 33-year-old, 14 years is forever. Yeah. So, yes, you have to figure out how to be your own person and how to – and I, I almost, like 99% of the time, I want her to be there, right? But if she's not there or I'm not there or she's busy, they do – they play this – girl dice game well i call it a, a girl dice game i've played before but it's called bunko oh, and yeah. they do that like one thursday well they used to it one thursday a month and she wouldn't come home until after i was in bed and the first couple of years it was like man i miss my because jj would go it's like i want jj home and brianna home why am i home alone and then i started watching zombie land by myself in my underwear on the couch and i'd eat <laughs> like chinese food or food that brianna didn't like and and kind of figured it out and it got to the point where it's like hey when's bunko again yeah yeah. Right. Cause that's your time. You, you get some time to yourself too. And even though, you know, it's, it's not great at first, there's an adjustment period that goes mm-hmm. into it. Like when Sarah will go visit her folks, they live two hours away. Sometimes I can't go because I have to work or whatever, but that's, yep. that's time that I can have at the house. And I know this may sound bad, but you, you kind of get into bachelor mode. Like you kind of revert to the things that you did before <laughs> you yep. were with your significant other. And for me, mm-hmm. that's video games, that's movies. That's probably mm-hmm. too much whiskey or beer, but mm-hmm. it's just those time. It's just that time for you to kind of clear your mind a little bit. So then when they come back and you're back together again, now you're refreshed and you're able to still give your 100% that, that you need to give. Yep. You're able to be, a partner. Yes. And I really like, I'm a firm believer that if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. And I like to be taken care of. And it took me kind of a long time to figure that out. And I really, really want somebody to like kind of dote on me a little bit. And Brianna's not, she dotes on me, but not like uh, like an old Southern mom would, you know what I mean? Like I've been to people's houses and their mom's like bringing you cups of water, like refilling it when it's half full and Brianna's not that, right? But yeah. if I tell her I need something or I want something or she knows I really like something, she'll do it. Like she knows I love coming home to our bed in our room cleared off and the, and the floor vacuumed upstairs. And I don't ask her to do it, right? Because she's busy and she's a mom and she's running a business. And, you know, but when she comes home, when I come home and those things are done, I make sure and I'm like, hey, I really like this. Thank you so much. Like, the bed's clean. It's all cleared off. There's no clean laundry on it. I don't know where the clean laundry is. I don't even care, right? And you can see, <laughs> like, the vacuum lines in the floor. And it's like, man, thank you. And, you know, she's gotten to the habit. And I've just encouraged, like, re- through compliments and said, hey, this is awesome to, like, have the floor mopped when I get home. We got three dogs. And it's breakup season in Alaska. So it's all muddy outside. Yep. And you come home when the floor's all muddy. It's like, ah, this kind of sucks. But you come home and it's freshly mopped. And, you know, you're giving the kids hugs and, and her hugs. And I don't even know who mops the floor. I don't care. I'm just giving out all the hugs. This is great. Thank you so much. And you just, like, encourage that behavior. And they, they want to do it. And it's gotten to the point where my 14-year-old son just knows, hey, at 5 o'clock, we mop the floor because dad's home at, like, 630. Yep. It's that routine. You get into that routine. I, yep. I've gotten on to that a little bit. Um, I'm kind mm-hmm. of the opposite, though. So I like – doing those things for Sarah and for our house. Like I like to do the dishes, which sounds crazy to me. If I would have told myself while I was in college that, Hey, (laughs) you're going to get married. You're going to fucking love doing dishes and you're going to love cleaning the house. I would have told you that you are insane, but it's that instant gratification that you get 
when you mm-hmm. see those lines in the floor from vacuuming, when you see the kitchen counters cleaned off, when you see the bed made, now I don't make the bed. I'm very bad at making the bed, but I do sometimes. And when I do, Sarah always really appreciates it. So I need to be doing that more. Mm-hmm. I need to get back into that habit, but it's just that acts of service. And it yep. goes back to, I don't know if you know anything about the love languages, but yep. acts of service, you know, some people value those more than other things in relationships. Like maybe it's a gift or maybe it's a personal touch, you know, some of those things. Um, yep. but I really like to do acts of service just because it makes me feel good because I know it makes her feel good too. Yeah. So that was really, so I did that and Brianna did that and there's one for kids too. So I had Jonathan do it, my older one. And Brianna doesn't, her gift giving is like her bottom of the fucking list, right? And my gift giving and acts of service, acts of service is way up there for me. Like take care of me, make sure my clothes are clean. Like all that stuff really makes me feel loved. When I go in my closet and it's full and my underwear drawer is full and all the socks are prepared and full and put away, like that for me is like the ticket, right? That and, and Brianna cooks, when she cooks steak or mashed potatoes or like she's got a couple meals that I really like she cooks, like. That makes me feel amazing. And she likes physical touch and words of affirmation. And I well, I don't like strangers touching me or even people I know touching me. Like I like it when we touch when I want to touch, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. Like I yeah. I'm a little weird about the touch thing. And I and, and I get that, I'm cool with that. She knows. And but she wants to be touched and she wants words of affirmation. And so Doing that, to, like, I would suggest anybody in a relationship to do that test because it seems really dorky and kind of nerdy and, like, but, no, that shit was it was life-changing for me because I spent – I shouldn't say this out loud, but I spent dollars on jewelry for her in two months on two pieces of jewelry. Whew. They're they're beautiful. Whew. I had, I, sure. I, I had the one custom-made, and I had the other one, like, I hand-picked it. Like, the, they're Aoki pearls, which are – I think they're Japanese or something. I don't know. I got a guy. And she's like, these are beautiful, and she loves them, right? And she put them in the closet. <laughs> so it's, you know, one of those. Things. And now she wants me to, to the words of like learning that words of affirmations are her thing was really good for me because I have, you know, like ten employees, and so I'm used to like, hey, motherfucker, what are you doing? And that's how I talk to them too. And they, you know, they know me. We have like a relationship. Most of my employees have been there over a year. Two, two, three, ten years. I got a guy who's been there ten years, and so I can, you know, that. But that's how I am, and I'm like, hey, motherfucker, what the fuck? And I come home, and I, I don't turn that off all the time, and so it's when I went to work this morning, I asked you to do this shit. What the fuck? And but you have really have to think about that, and and it's not, you know, we've been together forever, me and Brianna, so she gets me, and so this stuff sounds kind of bad, and I'm saying it out loud, but it's not like that. We have a relationship, and we understand each other. And now that I understand that that's so important to her, the words of affirmation, when I come home and she's got the lines in the floor, it's like, babe, this is fucking awesome. Thank you so much. Or the, the dishes are done or, or the counter's cleaned off. Or the, we've got this 10-foot-long fucking table. It's stupid as hell. But it, I, I don't know. You haven't seen our house. But it's, it's a little obnoxious in the living room. It's kind of big. And the table fits where it goes. But the kids are doing homeschool and it's always covered in shit. You know, you come home some days and the table's cleared off, and it's like, this looks so fucking good. Thank you. Like, it's it's relieving to me to come home and have all the counters cleared off. Table cleared off. It's like clean. You know what I mean? And that with the floor mop is, and then you go upstairs and the floor's vacuumed. It's like, oh my God, I want to marry you all over again. You know what I mean? So, 
That's amazing. So you said that you, you come home from work, you have 10 employees, you have grown your business immensely in the last couple of years. Um, but it's all, it goes back to your whole thing about setting goals. You, you of all people that I know are very purposeful about setting goals and doing whatever it takes to reach those goals. But were you always that way? How did, how did that, was that like a light switch that went off in your brain when you, when you're like, all right, setting goals is how I'm going to get shit done. So, I mean, you know, this better than anybody probably in my life. I grew up poor, like super poor and I fucking hated it. And I, I had no control over my life and when you, and money is control, right? Money buys you freedom. And so growing up, it was like, you're trapped and you just feel trapped and you've got these shitty ass pay less shoes on and your mom drives this fucking Ford tourist school and you know, you get free lunches and you don't have choices. And I hated it. And I had this deep burning hatred for being poor inside me, like from the very beginning. I remember the first time I met you and you were offering to give me rides to school because I had to switch school districts and you lived right down the road from where I was going to move to. Yeah. And and that was like the first act of real kindness that I really remember somebody doing for me who had no reason to do it, right? And I and I remember that. I hang on to it all the time. And it's a lot of the reason I am the way I am today is because Logan Tuttle gave me this ridiculous act of kindness and just reached out for no reason. He didn't have to do it. Oh, fuck, and man. so, <sighs> you know, you you get in this and, and, and this fire burns inside you. You just fucking hate it. You know, I, I went and I became a mechanic and I worked at the dealership. I went to college and it didn't work out for me so good. I got hurt. And I think my best year there, I made like 50 grand a year, which isn't, I you know, I wasn't starving, but we weren't killing it or anything. And, um, I thought I was going to be killing it. I thought I was going to be buying like a 70 Chevelle and, and doing burnouts in the parking lot. Cause I didn't care what tires cost. And, um, so this guy was there and he was selling lights and I lived on a stark ass road. I bought some lights from him and they were pieces of shit. They blew the fuse in the car. And he's like, Oh, put a bigger fuse in. And anybody who knows about amperage drawing a car knows that the fuse is designed to protect the circuit. And so he's just telling me to just draw more power through a circuit that wasn't designed for it. And he quit and ripped a bunch of people off. So I started this business and I figured out real quick that I could sell these lights and it could make my truck payment. Mm -hmm. And then if I sold more lights, it'd make my house payment. And then I got hurt at work. And from there it was like, okay, I got workers comp for it because I got hurt there. Don't, don't go on workers comp. It fucking sucks. They pay like shit, but I figured it out. I lived cheap. I drove this like 98 Saturn for like two years. I flipped cars on the weekends, you know, and I, I just kind of grinded out and did whatever I had to do and used whatever skills I had to get past that. And once Brienne and I got past that, we did it together. Like she worked really hard. She worked as uh, dental offices and medical assisting and all sorts of stuff. And some days I just gave a paycheck because I went to business for myself and she supported the business, like the family. And um, she really put in her work those first couple of years. And, you know, then we started making money and I, you know, we started doing a lot of truck accessories and I told her I was driving a, I was driving some shit wagon, like a 98 Silverado, you know, and this is 2010, you know, so I'm driving a 20 year old truck, some shit wagon. And it was a nice truck, you know, it wasn't, you know, I put a bunch of money into it. I fixed it all myself. I did a lot of work and it drove great. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy a brand new truck. And I used to buy lunch every day for everybody at the shop. And there were like three of us, five, four of us. 
So it wasn't a mountain of money, but it was six or, I don't know. It, it cost money. Anyways, she's like, you stop buying lunch for everybody at the shop every day, and you buy a truck. So I did. I bought a new truck, and I kept buying lunch for me, and I just stopped buying lunch for everybody else. And, you know, we made a goal, and we reached a goal, and then we started selling more truck accessories, and business took off. Because I had a branded truck that had accessories on it, and customers gravitate towards that. And her and I both kind of looked at that, and we were like, whoa, that was kind of weird. Like, it worked really good. And so from then, I would tell her I'd want something, because that's how men are, I think. I see it at work a lot. Men, A man wants wheels and tires, or a lift kit, or whatever, whatever it is. Right. And he looks for his wife, is it okay that I buy this? And so many wives go, you can't buy that. And men go, okay. And But for me and Brianna, it's been totally different than that. It's For me, it's, hey, I want to buy a boat. And she goes, well, and actually it started with, let's buy a house on the fucking lake, right? <laughs> yeah. and Because you got to buy that before you buy the boat. Absolutely. She's, well, we need to make sure we make this much money. And then this is our budget. We need to have this much in savings. And this is where I'm comfortable. And it wasn't a fight. You know, we didn't have this fight at the mortgage broker's office or the realtor's office. It was a conversation we had up front of, oh, wow, this is a really good deal for this house. Let's put the numbers together. Let's, how can we make this work, right? Mm-hmm. And I told her when we looked at the lake house, I said, I'm buying a boat if we buy this lake house. Like, I'm not going to live on the lake and look at people ripping around on the lake and not buying a boat. <laughs> and she's like, I know, I know. And so we moved in in December. And the boat shows in March or whatever. I don't know. I bought it pretty early in the year, way before the lake thought. And I'm like, I'm buying a boat. Let's go to the boat show. Let's get a boat. She did the numbers because she she's our numbers. I'm, I'm the idea guy, right? She does numbers. And mm-hmm. it's a really good relationship. And she works really hard. And she makes sure that we're, we, we do well and we're responsible. And, but she, you know, we come to agreements. And she goes, okay, we can spend X amount on a boat. And we went look to boats. And our, uh, out front of our house is really shallow until you get out there a little ways and it's deep. So I wanted a pontoon boat. You know, we went looked at pontoon boats, and they were way cheaper than we thought they were going to be. And so we're looking at these fancy-ass pontoon boats, like tri-tunes and like 10, you know, not 10,000 horsepower, but like high-horsepower pontoon boats. And we settled on a really practical boat. And she's like, oh, this is great. And we ran it all summer last summer, and it's amazing, and the boat's the best we ever had. So this year, I'm like, I want to get a jet ski. She crunches the numbers again. <laughs> she's like, yeah, we can get a jet ski, but you can only spend this much. Well, it turns out jet skis are way cheaper than we thought too, especially now. They're 0%, you know, for like 60 months or whatever. Right. So we go to Yamaha and we get a jet ski and that's, that's how we work. You know, we, we come to a goal that she knows I want it and she knows that I work really hard and she does too, right? We say, hey, I want to do this. And we come to, okay, this is what we can do together. And before, you know, I didn't make as much money. This is more recent. You know, I, I wanted uh, new things and we'd have to sit down and she'd, you know, we cut together. We'd have to say, you know, we really can't afford that right now. We really need to put another, you know, $10,000 a year in our gross income or, you know, an extra hundred bucks a month or, you know, whatever the goal was, yeah. right? We'd have to sit down and we'd have to say, you know, if we change our cell phone plan, we would have another 60 bucks a month. And then if we cancel our cable, that's another 60 bucks a month. And if we do those two things, we, you know, we can do X, Y, Z. It doesn't matter, right? And you know, I've got buddies who have wives who just tell them no all the time. No, you can't buy that. And I see it with customers too. It's you can't buy wheels. They're $1,200. 
And to me now, twelve hundred dollars, you know, it's nothing. I have it in my pocket right now. So your your perspective changes, but it's really important because in the grand scheme of things, you know, the jet ski is two hundred bucks a month or whatever. Right. And you have to sit down and you have to do it together. And if your wife constantly tells you no, you're going to resent her. And if you constantly tell your wife no, because I know dudes like that too who are like super frugal. Yeah. Yep. My dad's a perfect example of that. He's a frugal dude. He's so cheap. And when he went and looked at a motorcycle, he lives in New Jersey and he commutes to Philadelphia. It's an hour drive each way. And he wanted this motorcycle. And the motorcycle guy, the salesman's like, if you're driving an hour a day, you need a windshield and you want these handlebars or whatever it is, this better seat. And his wife's like, you need to buy all this stuff. Like you can't sit on this stupid ass motorcycle all day and be uncomfortable. You'll never drive it. So there's to- there, it, it's not just a wife thing. Right. Right. And, but they sat down together and they crunched the numbers and they, it's worth the extra money for me to want to drive this thing. I'm going to save the money in fuel a year for what I pay for it in a year. So let's buy this motorcycle and then, you know, do that. And it's just so important to work together as a team and to create goals and to not have that resentment. And I had a dude come in. He told me his wife wouldn't let him buy a riverboat. He said he saved for like 10 years for this riverboat. It was a really expensive riverboat. It was ridiculous, right? But they had made a goal. He had reached the goal. Like I don't remember the details of the, of the situation, but it was like a six-figure riverboat. And it came time to buy it, and she told him no. She's like, it, no, you can't buy that riverboat. Was it one of those things You know what that it, fucking dude did? He spent $22,000 on his pickup that day. <laughs> and he said, if she doesn't fucking like it, she can move out. So, and I don't ever want to be in that situation with my wife. It's crazy. a partnership, right? Yeah. A relationship is two people. Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, <clears throat> when Sarah and I talk about stuff, it's like, okay, this is what's on my wish list. Okay, well, that's nice how do we save money to get there before when I was not in a relationship, I could just go out and spend money on whatever I wanted to. And that's probably why I did not have a whole lot of money, uh, for a long time because I would just be like, Oh yeah, sure. Whatever. I need that. So I'm just going to go buy it. But now it's like, okay, what are our priorities? What are we looking at? What are our house expenses that we need to do? What are the house, what are the house projects coming up? Sarah and I started, um, meeting up, well, not meeting up. We will go on coffee dates, but the plan was, was to kind of go through each quarter of the year and kind of talk through what our plan is, where are we on certain projects? And so it goes back to that whole partnership thing. Like it's, it really relationships are a partnership. And if you're not on the same page, things are going to go haywire. And even, even with this podcasting stuff, um, it was kind of a hard sell to Sarah for me to, to get started with all this because truth be told, I get really excited about things really quickly. And then I start actually doing them and I realize that they are more hassle than I'm willing to put in. Yep. And so that happens sometimes. And so I, she was legitimately concerned about this is like just another one of those things that I'm going to be really excited about for about three weeks. And then I'm going to realize that I don't have the time or the energy to put into it. And it's just not going to happen. So that's where I had to kind of set goals for myself for this podcast. And it was like, okay, if you're going to do this, you have to, you have to record four or five episodes first. Then you have to make a commitment to yourself and your listeners. And I don't know if anybody's listening. If you are listening, 
thank you for listening, that you're going to put out a weekly <laughs> episode, right? So like you have to make sure that you are having these conversations with people and making sure that you're able to put them out into the world. And so people aren't just like, Hey, what the hell? There's no episode this year or this week. So it's, uh, the whole goal setting thing, man, if you're just flying by the seat of your pants, you're, you're not going to get very far. You have to be intentional about planning that shit out. Yes. And I read a bunch of like uh, research on what causes divorce. And I was really scared to get married. My mom married a couple of times and she's not married now. And, um, my dad's divorced and he's got three baby moms. And so growing up, I was really like skeptical of that committed side of the relationship. I did a lot of reading on it when me and Brianna got really, really serious. And, you know, I proposed to her and we were getting married and, and you know what causes a divorce? Like the number one cause of divorce is fucking money Yeah. and yeah. money troubles. And, and really that comes down to not goal setting together. But I, I know for certain that not having a budget together with your partner is detrimental and you yes. have to have that. Yes. And you have to sit down and, and put it on paper and you have to get financially literate because they don't teach you at school. And don't get me fucking started on what they teach you in school. Cause I, <laughs> I was raging about it the other day and now I'm running for the fucking school board. And, but it's, it's a mess. And you know, they teach you advanced trigonomics and this crazy ass algebra shit. And who cares what the fucking square root of 282 is? Right. Why don't you teach us how to budget our money and teach us how to balance our checkbook and do taxes and invest in the stock market and all these things that can make us financially literate? They don't do that. And when me and Brianna met, we were really young and we were financially illiterate. And truth be told, we still kind of are. We just lucked out that I work really hard and I'm not scared to fail and have, and have lucked into like a, a really comfortable lifestyle. And my parents didn't talk about money except they didn't have any. And my, my dad makes – like good money i think but he never talked about it with us it was something that it was like taboo mm -hmm. and yeah. you listen to people who have money and and that's why rich people stay rich and their kids stay rich and how general generational wealth occurs is they talk about money with their kids and they teach them how it works and so i really want to break that cycle and teach both my kids how money works and how to keep money and how to make money how to invest money and how to and, and how to get people to make you more money with your money. Because when I die, my kids are going to have some money. Like, I, that's that's my thing. I, hopefully, I spend it all before I die, but I'm a realist and I won't. My wife's too fucking cheap to let me spend all our money before I die. And <laughs> our kids are going to be comfortable when we go. And they have to know how to, how to manage that or they're going to, you know, do cocaine and hookers and blow and, and not have anything left at the end of it. Right. And, and I don't want that. And I want this – I want – what I'm building now to be generational. And so you have to talk about it with your kids. You have to talk about it with your spouse. And I don't talk about everything money related in front of my kids. But when we, when she and I will talk about stuff, especially in the car, I'll engage both my kids, but especially the older one and, and kind of let him know what we're thinking and why we're thinking certain things. And Brianna will say some crazy ass shit sometimes. And I will too. But then I'll, I'll look at him in the rearview mirror. And I'm like, Hey, the reason we think this way is this or XYZ or, you know, I, I yelled taxation is theft a couple times a day. So he knows, <laughs> you know, that's awesome. Well, it's cool that you're able to talk with it with your kids. I mean, that's, I, <clears throat> I completely agree. Like that is not something that's taught in school. You have to fail or at least 
you, you need to have that desire to learn about money. If you want to learn about mm-hmm. money, no one's just yeah. going to come up to you and say, Hey Spencer, here's all you need to know about your fucking financial stuff. You have to seek that out. And yep. for me, my wake up call was when Sarah and I got together, we, we <clears throat> got our accounts together and everything. Um, she was way better at money than I was mostly. Typical. Um, yeah. Right. Um, other factors that played into that was I was a newspaper reporter, so I was not getting paid a whole lot of money, but, uh, but right. most, most of it was me not managing what I needed to manage. But now mm-hmm. we have all these tools for us that help us budget. We, we use this software that, well, it's an app that's tied into all of our stuff, shows us where we're at with things, helps us budget for different, um, categories like groceries or entertainment or, um, clothing, you know, those types of things to have that awareness of it. Otherwise you're just going to be, be out going and and shopping and be like, well, I need this, this, and this, and this, well, you don't really need it. You just want it. And Mm -hmm. so being able to be that kind of that conversation and, and that planning, it's just so huge. I see the other side of it too, though. Like if guys don't want to have those conversations, number one, they should be number two. Um, they're going to learn real quick that their money is going to go away and then they're going to be screwed and then their wives are going to be pissed. And so it's just, it's just good practice. Just be literate or at least try like make that effort to seek out that information and have those conversations with your significant other about different purchases coming up or your wants and desires and all of that. And just plan for it. If you can plan for it, you know, set a, set a little bit of extra money aside each month, then you're, then you're golden. Yeah. And if you look, I think the research is less than 40% of Americans in the United States have $400 in their savings account. And it's like 60% have less than a thousand. And I, I was that in 2013, it was Brianna's birthday. I remember her birthday is in September and I had like $32, like no joke. I had 32 bucks in September of 2013. And I bought her a fucking side-by-side, a razor, Polaris razor, side-by-side, 800. It's like a badass. We still have it. It's parked outside now. And, and I, you know, I'll find it. So that's what I bought her for her birthday because I couldn't buy her a real present. And gift giving is one of my love languages. And well, if I knew it wasn't one of hers, I would have told her <laughs> she was pretty and that's her birthday present. Right. But you know, that's not how I, you know, I didn't understand that at the time. So I went into debt, you know, and I spent 250 bucks a month on this thing and, um, you know, it's paid off now, but it's just like what you're talking about. I, we didn't have a goal together. I wasn't financially literate. I was living paycheck to paycheck and I didn't have it all put together. And when you go into business for yourself and you really have to, ch- and that saved me like hundred percent. I had a partner at the beginning and that's what saved me because I had started my own business before that, but I used the business account as my personal piggy bank. And so the business didn't do as good as it should have. So I had a partner and when you have a partner, you can't just take the money out and buy whatever you want. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I figured it out and then I bought my partner out and made payments to him for three years and gave him way more, more money than I think I should have. And, you know, and, and, and I still had to get paychecks sometimes. 
but I never skipped a payroll. I never skipped a a payment to my to to the buy. You know, my partner I bought out. He was paid on time every time. My employees were always paid on time every time, and I didn't like skipping a paycheck. I hated that, and Brianna hated it more than I did. And she really helped me, and we worked it out, and we made goals, and we created this uh, system that works for the two of us. And everybody's system is going to be different, right? Yeah. You get these. Uh, like Robert Kiyosaki or uh, Grant Cardone, and they all have this like a way they do things, and that and it doesn't work for everybody. And you have to listen to a little bit of everybody and take what's going to work for you in your situation and put it together. But everybody needs to know what is your outgoing every month, right? Yep. What is your how much money do you have after that? I have an older couple who's they've got a like a twenty three year old kid, so they're old, you know, older. And they have a like a, a bullshit spending money. They do whatever they want with it every month. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much it is. I don't remember. But whether it's $200 or whether it's $2,000, it doesn't matter. They get to do anything they want with that money. They go out to eat. They save a vacation. They do, and they probably have a separate vacation account because they're older and they're really mature. But you know, they, they can spend whatever this dollar amount is on anything they want every month. And it doesn't matter. And you have to figure out too if – like, does one get a thousand, the other get a thousand, or is two thousand between the two of you? Or how do you work that side of that out? And for me and Brianna, it started for me as an allowance, which sounds really cheesy and kind of shitty, but I would just go buy a gun. I'd, I'd be like, oh, this is 1800 bucks. <laughs> like, I'm going to buy that today. And it was horribly, horribly irresponsible, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, she just talked to me and I listened to her. She's like, hey, you bought this stupid fucking gun, which was really cool, by the way. <laughs> but also, you maxed your credit card out to do it. And now you're going to be kind of broke for the next six months. And we worked through it. And, you know, it took me forever, 12 years now. And and I had an allowance for a while. And, and I really suggest that. Give yourself an allowance. Do it together. Work the numbers out together. And say, hey, we need a thousand dollars to live, or two thousand, or or eight thousand dollars to live, right? It doesn't matter what the numbers are. I need this to live, and I really need three hundred dollars a month to buy lunch. You know, that's mm-hmm. ten bucks a day, right. thirty days a month. You know, that I spend that on lunch at least three hundred bucks a month. So just it, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, Whatever works work. your system, yep, it's got to work for you. Do it together. Find out what works together, and. At the end of the day, if somebody's unhappy, and, and you're gonna have to be flexible when you first start it, like first month, two months, six months, even, you know, one of you might come to the other one and say, you know, you are spending a three hundred bucks a month on eyelashes. I'm just exampling this, right? Or lunches, or what, or guns, or ammo, or car payment, or whatever it is. You spend this X amount on it, and I really think, what if I spent a hundred dollars less on lunches, and you spent. $200 less on your eyelashes and I told you were pretty twice as often. Yeah. That's 300 extra bucks. Right. Or whatever it does. Yeah. And yeah. these are just examples of right. ridiculous shit. Absolutely. Brianna doesn't get her eyelashes done and she's so fucking cheap. She doesn't spend one anything. But I have a, a brand truck. I have a, like a muscle car. I have a boat. I have a jet ski because I, well, I work really hard and I do well in life and I was scared to fail, but also because I went to her and I said, Hey, I want to get a jet ski. And she said, what's a fucking jet ski cost? And I look at her and I go, I don't know. 
does it matter? And she says, yeah, fuck it matters. <laughs> of course it matters. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you do research and you're like, oh, the jet ski I want is, is six grand. And then you start looking at this piece of shit jet ski. And you're like, oh, I lied to you. And you go back like three days later. And you're like, so there's $16,000 for the jet ski I actually really want. She's like, holy shit, that's a big difference. <laughs> you're like, well, but it's only another 80 bucks a month. And right? And so you start selling her on it. But well, you do the math together, right? And you yeah. know what's your expendable income every month. Yep. And you have a budget. And whether it's a spreadsheet or an app, there's 10,000 apps. Yeah. And I've got a friend who like tracks his savings account and he's got like a spreadsheet that like looks two years in advance and tells him what his savings account should have in it every month for the next two years. And so strictly should I receive. That's crazy. But it works for him and it yeah. works for his wife. That's good. Right? I could never No, do it's that. killer, right? Yeah. His dad's worth millions. So Right. Of course, that kid knows how to manage money and knows like it's really smart. But it's all about being financially literate, knowing what works for you, and working out with your partner. And when she says, you can't buy a new challenge, or you can't buy a Camaro, or you can't get a Hellcat, or you know, the CA is $60,000, you sit down and you say, I really want this. It's important to me. What do I need to do to get there? Right. And, and she says, yeah. well, you know, you got to sell your boat, or you got to make more money, or you need to do this, or you need to do that. And for me, it's a little bit easier, and I understand that, right? I have flexibility. I can go and I can start a new company or I can start a new service at work or for me, making more money, it's not the same as like you making more money or Nathan or Reed or any of those guys making more money, right? Because they have jobs and that's how they get paid and that's how they make money. But you can cut expenses and you can say, you know what? I'm going to go to school and I'm going to be this or I'm going to be that or, you know, it's and some goals, like for me, they're mostly shorter term right now, but they didn't used to be. They used to be 10-year goals. And it's, to me, it's really, really important when you're talking about financial literacy and talking about how where you want to be is to make a 30-year goal, right? And mine is to float around on a yacht in the Caribbean and shoot seagulls with an AK-47 <laughs> and, and drink rum all fucking day and not have it. a care in the fucking world, right? And But I understand that for my wife to do that with me, she needs to have a shitload of money in the bank. And if I want to get there, right, we have to work backwards. Okay. Yep. So that's the end goal, right? That's the retirement. The 50 year old, I'm fat and gray and I don't have any hair plan. And, you know, so, so you work backwards from there. Like, how can we get there? How much money do we need to make a year? What do I have to do? And so you work backwards and you say, okay, in 10 years, I want to have rental properties, right? How many rental properties do you need to have so that 20 years from then you can make 20 grand a month or whatever, right? Yeah. And so you work towards that plan and you, you just have, and man, don't be afraid to fail. If I was afraid to fail, I'd still be making 50 grand a year and I'd still be fucking miserable. And I wouldn't own a jet ski and I wouldn't have a three story living room with giant windows that look at the lake. And, and that's my thing. Like, cause I came from nothing. Right. So going back to nothing isn't scary to me, but don't be afraid to fail, but also have a plan. I want to open a second store. And my wife is, she's on board kind of, but she really wants to make sure the plan's in place, right? right. Like buying a jet ski. Yeah. Okay, it's the same thing. How are we going to pay for this? How are we going to make this work? What's the details? Who's going to do it? Who's going to work? It? Who's going to be the manager? Who's going to be our suppliers? Who, you know, what kind of computer are we going to use? Like she gets into that. She's like, what printer are you going to use? She seriously asked me that <laughs> because that's important to her and she's a planner. And so we we work through it together. And those are good questions, right? Like, what kind of print? I don't know. We're going to use Brother Printer. So that's what we use at the other shop. Like, I, I don't know. It doesn't but matter. I'm going to go to the store. I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to buy a printer. 
But that just shows but, that you have to think through all of the things that you will need to think through when you open your store because you're going to need a printer. So oh, yeah. it's just those, those small details help you mm-hmm. kind of think through everything. Like, like I, I can go back to that with me and my shit, like, um, you know, trying to do something cool for three weeks and then stop doing it. Well, that's because I didn't, I wasn't intentional. I didn't have a goal. I, I didn't think about the end game. I just thought about right now. And that's where I got in trouble. So like you said, if you're able to work backwards, that's a, that's a really good tool for you to, to visualize everything and then go down into the details and, and think all of that through. Like, what kind of printer am I going to have? Um, what kind of TVs are we going to have in the shop? What kind of displays? You know, just those things that are going to fill in the rest of the rest of the story. And they're so mundane, too. And for me, so I'm ADD, I'm obsessive, and I'm a little lazy. And you put those three together and you get this crazy ass shit all the time. And she really grounds me a lot. And it's good. Like, I don't care what kind of printer we're using. It's so, such a small, minute, who gives a shit detail. Mm-hmm. But in the end, yeah, I need to, uh, like, we can't open without a printer. You know what I mean? If we try to do day one without a printer, it's going to be a really fucked up day. <laughs> so it's really good to have somebody who's, a little, and she's obsessive too. Obviously, if she cares what kind of printer we're using, uh, to to help you through that and talk through it. And, and you know, when you talk about partnerships, and I've been like, as I grow, the older I get, the more I realize that compatibility is something that you decide you have. And I talked about this a lot when I was younger, right? Yep. And and I used to joke, every woman's crazy was my joke. It's just about, about finding the woman who's crazy you can tolerate or. Or that you love, right? Like Brianna's crazy attracts me. Like I, like a, a bee on honey. Okay, like I, I don't know what the fuck it is about her, but I just can't leave it alone. But as I grow older, I'm like, you see these people who are together, and you wonder, like, why are you together? It's because you like each other, but you gotta like somebody else better. And it's really important to understand, like, when you get down to it, that like you're obsessed with that person. And of course, I have obsessive personality so i'm gonna obsess over my wife but you have to if you settle for your partner or you aren't on the same page as your partner it's not gonna work and you really have to make sure that you're with that person that that makes you feel like that yeah absolutely and that's not to say that there aren't compromises that take place throughout a relationship. I mean, there are compromises that have to, some that have to take place, right? Like I should be at dinner right fucking now. Yeah. So I'm with you. But yeah. instead you're, I, you're talking I, with me and having a drink. I mean, I, I think you made out okay on that. I'm doing pretty good. Being selfish. But, um, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, for things to, for things to work and, you know, for, for a good, healthy marriage, there, there are some compromises that need to be made. It just depends on, which battles you're willing to take and which ones you're willing to not give a shit about. There are some things where if I don't have a strong opinion about something, I will let that be known. Like I do not like you with the printer. I do not have a strong opinion about this. I know it needs to happen. Let's just make it happen. So there, there's some of those, some of that give and take that takes place in, in relationships. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm pretty easygoing. And as a kid, this is, my mom didn't teach me about money, right? But she used to always say, she, she'd scream peace and love, top of her lung. 
my sisters and I would be, you know, fist fighting, but, um, pick your battles. She was telling me all the time, you got to pick your battles. And as I grew up, I let Brianna win anything I don't fucking care that much about. If it's not super important to me, if it's not a jet ski or a boat or a challenger or like a, a new store, I just let her win, right? Like today. Yep. It was important to me that we went to dinner. But I woke up from my nap and I was all fresh. I'm like, ah, fuck that dinner. You know, maybe she'll let me see her naked tonight. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Not having to win every every battle is is really important. And I, Sarah and I are both pretty passive people, but we don't like to mm-hmm. we don't like to um, offend each other. So there are some times where I'll just be like, "That's fine. That's yep. Do whatever you need to do, and that's okay because I know it's going to make her happy. I'm going to be happy yeah. because she's going to be happy, and so." It's just yep. a, it's just an ongoing thing, and I'm sure there are things on my side too where she's just like, "Yep, uh huh, go ahead, go ahead and do that." Like when I want to go play poker with with my friends or whatever. Yep, uh huh, yeah. go do that. Call me if you need a ride, but be safe, you know. And yeah, um, there's a lot of that, a lot of that give and take, and a lot of that understanding and um, that partnership. That's the big thing is is partnership. Like that's I can't stress that any more than I think we already have. And, and part of that too, and like you said, you're, you're passive. I'm not. And Brianna's not. My wife's not passive at all. She'll punch you in the fucking mouth. It's so important to express to people, hey, you know what? Going to the internet tonight is really important to me, and it's really going to make me happy, or whatever it is, right? Buying a boat or a jet ski or this house or um, the yard, whatever it is. It doesn't matter, right? If it's super important to you, you really need to express that. And yes. say, hey, it's really important to me that we do X, Y, Z. What can we do together to get me X, Y, Z? And sometimes she's going to do this. Nothing we can do, right? I'm not fucking going to dinner tonight. If you want to go, go, but I'm not going. And you have to understand it's so important to you, but it's the opposite is important to her or whatever. And you have to compromise. And if it's that important to you and you're willing to like, this is, life or death for me, or this is divorce territory for me, or whatever it is. You have to communicate that, and you really need to be up front and say, I really, really need a jet ski, or uh, or Tuesday nights with my friends, or I need you to quit drinking, or I, I, there's so many things to communicate. It doesn't matter. You just have to tell them yep. that this is extremely important to me, and so many people would just be passive and say, Oh, it's okay. But they harbor the resentment forever, forever. Yeah. And you don't want that. You want a relationship where both of you come together and you work together and she might not care about your goals and she doesn't have to always care about all your goals. If she never cares about any of them, then she's probably not the right woman for you. But, or, or he, you know, again, not hating on any of that, but you have to talk together and to work together and the team and the family unit and, and I've been together with Brianna for 13 years, so I know a lot about compromise, and I know a lot about peace and love, as my mom would say it, or just what's important to pick your battles. Yep, yep, pick your battles, man. Um, I think that's that's a good lesson. Not everything has to be, I'm dying on this hill today for this. You know, there's definitely yep. times where, you know, in all, in all of our lives, things just aren't as important, like, and we, and we start to realize that I think we're realizing that a lot more now as we're getting older, mm-hmm. um, 
than what we used to. Um, and I, I think that's really important to really have that perspective of what, what is really important to me and how can I have this thing that's really important to me while also having the support of my partner throughout the, that process. Like that's, that's the sweet spot there. And I think if you're, if you're in a relationship or if you're, um, you know, with anything, it could be at work too. But if you're around people who genuinely care about your, you and your goals and where you're trying to go, they're going to be there to support you. And Mm -hmm. you're probably going to be there to support your friends or your um, employees or, you know, anything like that. It's just that whole circle. And then as you get older, your circle becomes bigger or smaller. Sometimes your circle becomes smaller, but you, those people who are in your circle would do anything for you. And that's, that's important. And that's, that's kind of the key or a key, I should say a key, not the key. It's a key. And yeah, it comes back to open communication and then like understanding that I want to go to dinner and that's super important to me, but it's not important to her. Right. And her understanding that and saying, you know what, let's compromise. Why don't you go to dinner without me? Or why don't we go to breakfast tomorrow? Or why don't we wait a week and do it next week or something? But you just have to talk. You have to communicate. And at the end of the day, the most important thing in your life has to be your relationship. And that's not to say that my kids aren't more important than my wife because if I had to pick between her dying or them dying, I'm picking my kids to live every fucking time. You know what I mean? And and she and I are on the same page with that too. But her happiness is more important than me going to dinner tonight. Right. Because you can go to dinner literally any other time. Well, we can now because Alaska's (laughs) open, but right. Right. It's about communication and understanding that at the end of the day, I'd rather stay married than go to dinner tonight. Spencer, as as one of your best friends, if you picked a big fight about um, not going to dinner, if that escalated more, uh, we, we might have to have some words. I napped it out. Hey, I love that strategy. I, I'm going to try to take that strategy. It works sometimes. She was real mad at me that I took a nap. But then I woke up and I was like, eh, because I had my phone on Do Not Disturb, you know, so I wasn't responding. And, you know, That's but I woke up and she's like, are you still mad at me? And I was like, yeah, but also don't talk about it and then it'll be fine in 20 minutes because I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sleep on the couch. I'm not, you know, it's not right. like I'm, I, I don't want to fight about it. Right. But I'm allowed to be upset about some dumb shit sometimes also yeah. because, you know, that's how relationships are. Yep. Sometimes you're mad about dumb shit. And you have to understand that too. And, man, that's so important to be, like, introspective or retrospective or whatever and, like, look inside and know that I'm being ridiculous and I know that. So let me be mad for, like, another 20 minutes and then tomorrow or, or in an hour or whatever, we're going to be fine. And you go and you tell them, you know what? I know I was being ridiculous or I know I was being an asshole and I'm sorry a little bit. Also, this is really important to me and I'm bummed we didn't go to dinner, but I get it. It's okay. I'm also going to go to breakfast tomorrow. And if you want to go, go. I really want to go. But if you don't go, <laughs> I'm going anyways. Yep. And I might get drunk at breakfast. And if you have to come get me, I'm just going to text you and tell you to come get me. You just have to, you, you know, you really have to communicate. You have to tell her those things and, and be really honest. And if you're like, I'm so fucking mad at you. Like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. You have to tell them that. Like, this is, that's how this important this is to me. But you have to know when you're being an asshole. Oh, my daughter's looking at me. She's walking away. <laughs> she knows all about being an asshole. And she knows something. Yeah, she's real good at it. 
all, I taught her. She learned from best. You know, it's all about that self awareness, man. You gotta know. You gotta. Oh. You gotta know those things. I mean, if you you got it, it's huge. I mean, whether mm-hmm. it's in your personal life or in your professional life, knowing those things is is gonna be super important to you and it's going to guide all of your relationships, all of your interactions, all of your goal setting. So just yeah. be aware. And if you need to turn your and phone be, off or, Oh, sorry. Be prepared to be wrong. Yes. If you're in a relationship, it doesn't matter if you're a male or a female, or if you're 80 years old, or if you're 20 years old, you're going to be fucking wrong sometimes. And you have to be able to admit that. And I'll tell you what, the other day I, my wife was being an asshole and I told her she was being an asshole. She stormed up to bed. And, and she was asleep when I went to bed. And she was asleep when I went to work. And she texted me after I was at work. And she goes, I'm really sorry. And I said, you know what? I'm really sorry I called you an asshole. Like, I don't want to call you names. It makes me feel bad. <laughs> yeah. I meant it, right? And I'm really – and I and I, like, I texted her. I'm like, I really appreciate that you understand that you weren't being uh, kind to me. You know, or I don't remember exactly what I said but that was the gist of it right thank you for being self-aware enough to recognize your and I've had to do it a bunch of times way more times than she has probably a thousand to one <laughs> but seems about right it's really important to understand that and to be able to admit when you're fucking up when you're when you're not doing it right when you're ah uh, you know what buying xyz right now wasn't the right choice or um I'm sorry I was rude to you or I'm sorry I wouldn't go to your mom's house today or it Whatever is important to her. Yep. And to know that you can get through that and and just talk to them. Man, women are so fucking simple. We complicate the hell out of them. Men say they don't understand how they work, but women are simple. And that's probably a whole entirely different podcast. It takes me like two minutes to explain it all. They want to be called pretty and they want to be taken care of. And they they want to look good in front of your friends. Like women are so fucking simple. And we complicate the hell out of it and want to buy big houses and nice cars and I'm telling you right now, I don't fucking care about any of that. I love it, man. Make I them feel it. special. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, you should be doing that in your relationships anyway. Sometimes, sometimes people lose sight of that. Sometimes people just need that reminder. If you like feeling special, they probably like feeling special too. So you should do whatever you can to, to make that happen. And do the love language. So you know how to make them feel special. Yes. Yes, that I I agree with you. When when Sarah told me about that stuff um, at first, we were I guess to be completely transparent, doing some marriage counseling before we got married, um, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend that people do. Uh, it's just it's oh, that, sure. it's that safe space to have those hard conversations that maybe you wouldn't have mm-hmm. otherwise. But anyway, at first I was like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. I know what's I know what's important to me, but being able to actually go through that process was so huge. It's just so helpful, not just for yourself, but for your partner too. like to know what makes them tick and, and how you can go out of your way for them. Um, yep. it, it really goes a long way and, and I'd highly recommend it. Spencer, man, we've been talking for about an hour. Is there, is there anything else that you think people should know that we haven't talked about yet about, um, setting goals, um, compromising, being intentional about things, anything like that, that, um, we haven't touched on yet. Just don't be afraid to work yourself ridiculous while she sits at home and watches Oprah and eats bonbons and makes you fucking happy. And, and really at the end of the day, 
like I've been thinking about mortality a lot lately. And at the end of the day, you need to make sure that what's going on in your life makes you happy. And it's so important that your spouse makes you happy and that your kids make you happy. But you have to be honest with yourself. And you have to make sure that you're making yourself happy. I don't know if I should bring this up. You can add this out. But I've seen you lose a shitload of weight over the last year or so. And I know at some point you said, this doesn't make me happy. And losing this weight and being this fit, like, really attractive dude is going to make me happy. And so you went and fucking did it. And it was introspective. And I've been struggling with that over the last year or two. And it's, it's been really cool to watch you go through that process because in you know seventh grade Spencer you are a big dude and and watching you go through that as you grow up and you get older and you turn to adults and then you turn into a normal sized dude and now you're like this like really fit dude was was super cool for me and I went through the opposite transformation <laughs> and and you have to be honest with yourself over everything. If you're not honest with yourself, if you don't love yourself, if you don't care about yourself, nobody else can do those things with you. And it goes back to if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. That's where compromise and open conversation and and talking about finances and money and all these things, whatever it is that's important to you, right? And we talked about money a lot today because clearly that's important to me, right? I like my three-story living room and I like (laughs) my muscle car and I like my fucking jet ski I haven't bought yet. But this is importance to me. And and my wife knows that and I've communicated it with her and – and having money in the bank is important to her, and being uh, financially safe is important to her. And everybody has things that are important to them, and you just have to communicate it. Yes. And yep. man, goals. I I I cannot fucking stress that enough. Be honest with your wives. Tell them what you want. Tell them you want to spend five thousand dollars on X Y Z, and make a plan and keep the plan. If you work the plan, start at retirement age and work your way back. What do we have to do to get there? How can we get there? How can we make this work for you? How can we make it work for me? And how can we both be happy at the end of the day? And I've heard a bunch in a good compromise, neither person's happy. And I hate that, but it's also real true sometimes. So just work the fucking plan. I want to chime in and say, first of all, I really appreciate all the kind words you said about, about losing the weight and everything. I, I can't talk any more about that without saying how thankful I am to be able to do that with my wife. That's the only way that I was able to do this, man. Like that, if you, if you leave me to my own devices, there's no fucking way that happens. And so, so to have that partnership to know that, Hey, she's doing this. And basically she was doing this, whether I was going to do it or not. So I was like, well, it makes more sense for me to do it with you. I've always wanted Mm -hmm. to do this. I just never had the, like the push to do it. This is the push. This is the time we were cutting out our added sugars, our processed foods and, um, gluten and a lot of grains and all of that. Sure. So once you, once you start seeing just even a, a little bit of progress taking place, you're like, all right, this shit's working. We stuck yep. to the plan. Just like you were saying, you got to have that plan. You stuck to the plan. Things are happening. And now it's just a big snowball effect. And yep. talking about more mortality and everything, like it was getting to the point where I didn't realize 
how out of shape I was until I started doing this. And then it's like, holy shit. Like we, I lost 40 pounds. And just to give you an idea, my BMI is still considered obese. That's where I was. And that's where I still am. Like I still am considered obese, which just blows my fucking mind because I'm 40 pounds lighter. I'm healthier. I'm eating healthier. I'm more active. I'm walking a lot more, playing tennis more, but it works for me. And my doctor told me, he said, Hey, if you don't lose another pound, I'm happy for you. So you gotta, you gotta do whatever works for you. Um, this worked really well for us. Um, but nobody's perfect. I mean, it's that whole 80, 20 thing. Mm -hmm. Um, 80% of our food is no added sugar, no processed food, nothing, nothing of that nature. But the 20% is the big taco salad that I ate last night that I ate the shell and all of the chips that came with it. Like you got to pick your battles like we've been talking about. Um, And that was just one that is like, all right, I'm going in. I don't care because it made me happy. And then it didn't make me happy, but it made me happy for like those, uh, those five minutes that I was (laughs) eating it. But yeah, I mean, it's just. Even if you have to go for an extra walk that day or go for a run for an extra five minutes or or to have a light breakfast that's just uh, like, uh, I don't eat it, but the, like Greek yogurt or whatever, you know, yeah. just, you know, your balance, right? Where does my balance need to be? And, and it's it, and I really want to talk about the financial aspect today because I, I obsess, right? My obsessed personality over the financial side of it. Yeah. And. But it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's food or money or weight or uh, going out to the bars or racing or video games or whatever your obsession is or your passion or any of that stuff. You have to make sure that you do it together. And if you spend too much time playing video games or too much time at, at work, and that's a thing for a lot of people, or too much time, too, you eat too much food or or you drink too much, or it, it, it doesn't matter. It all comes down to the same thing. You and your spouse have to have an open and honest relationship, and you have to be able to take criticism. And sometimes it hurts your fucking feelings. And I hurt my wife's feelings, and she hurts mine. But we also make sure at the end of the day, we make sure we know that we love each other, and that we want to work together, and that I want her to reach whatever goal it is that she wants, and that no matter how ridiculous my goal is, that she's going to work with me to make it happen because I don't want to resent her and she doesn't want to resent me. And we want to have like happiness. And you meet couples and these couples are like so happy and they love each other. And they have like my, like my aunt is a great example. They have an ocean boat. They have a river boat. They got a snow machine. They got a buggy. He's got a razor. She has a snow machine. He has a fucking motorcycle. Like how do you do all this? He works for the city of Palmer, like this tiny po- this tiny little city in Alaska <laughs> and she's a hairdresser, you know, and they have this like amazing relationship and it's like, how do you have all this cool shit and this amazing relationship and you're not stressed about money and it's because they made a goal, they worked a goal and they reached their goals yep. and they have open, honest communication. Like you can't buy an ocean boat this year or the ocean boat you have to buy is going to be a piece of shit or it, man, it's just talk, communicate, have goals, have a budget. Man, at the end of the day, have have a budget. Know how much you make and your and your partner makes. Know how much your bills are. Know how much extra you have and save. Save ten percent. It doesn't matter how much you make. If you make hundred bucks a month 
or a million dollars a month, save 10% of that money, put it away, because you're going to need it eventually. I know this from experience. Save 10%. Pay yourself first. That's a, a Robert Kiyosaki thing. Pay yourself first. Even if you have to go into debt, pay yourself. Go into debt. I'm drinking. Pay yourself first. Save that 10%. Some people are church people. They get a church 10 and themselves 10. You got to make a little bit more money to do that, right? Yep. But make sure you – and it doesn't have to be 10%. It can be 5 It can be 4 You know, If your bills are $18 a month and you take home $2,000 a month, save $50 a month. It doesn't matter. Save something. And do it first. Before you pay your rent, save that 50 bucks. Yep. Yep. Otherwise- because in a year, you're going to have $600 saved. And in a year, you'll have more than 40% of the entire country. It's like $250 million or some crazy shit. There's a ton of people in this country. You'll have more than they will. Then forty percent of them save that money. Save fifty bucks a month. It's all you can save, but save it. Yep. Work a plan with your partner. Communicate with them. Open, honest communication, and don't be afraid to say my job fucking sucks and get a better job. And I'm telling you right now, for everybody listening, if anybody's listening, if you get a job tinting windows or in car audio, you can make a good fucking living if you're good at it. You're smart. You work hard. You can make a real like a union wage at the end of the year. You make a lot of fucking money. Tint windows. You go anywhere in the world. You go to South Africa and fucking tint windows there. It doesn't matter. Like ADK here in South Africa. How cool would that be? Have you heard their fucking accent, South Africa? <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. You can do anything. Be the plan. Spencer, man, thanks for thanks for taking some time today to, to talk with us. Really appreciate your insight on this financial stuff. I know it's stuff that I wish I knew when I was coming out of school and, and living on my own. But now... Um, I feel like it's, it's important for us all to know that, um, it's all to, important for us all to know these things and to learn how to have those open conversations about it. Um, otherwise we're going to find ourselves in a downward spiral and it's going to be tough to get out of it. Man, and don't be ashamed before you sign off. I had a friend who had a girlfriend and it turns out she didn't file taxes for three years and she throws this huge deal. And if she had just told him, they could have got it fixed for 300 bucks. She didn't get a fix for two more years. It cost her $3,000. She should have told them up front. She should have been open and honest before they got married. You just have to tell them and communicate. Be honest. Man. Yeah. He was pissed. Cost him $2,700 more than it should have. I'm sure. Man. Because he made good money at original, you know, when, even when they found out or when she found out. She just gone to him. He would have paid. It wasn't a big deal. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid to have those conversations. Yeah. Man, Man, communication's key. Yes. Well, hey, thanks again for taking the time. Let's do this again. I know we have a few other topics we need to touch on, so uh, let's, let's keep talking about them next time. We'll do it again. All right, man. All right.